From sprains to fractures, get expert care quickly at the University of Kansas Health System. Walk-in orthopedic care is open weekdays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 to 2 at I-435 and Null. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. You're in the zone. You know why we don't do the chestnuts on Christmas anymore? Why don't we do the chestnuts on Christmas anymore, Drake? All the trees died. Really? There were 4 billion chestnut trees on the east coast of the U.S., and between 1904 and 1940, they all died. Big blight. What happened? A blight. <laughs> but it was a big it was a big Christmas tradition in the U.S., and then all the trees died. Could I get more information about the blight, or is that word specific? Enough? Holy my God, Drake, when I typed blight into Google, it auto-filled blight something about chestnuts, and then it went away because I just Googled it. There we go. Wow. Uh, I learned yesterday that um, there is some... It's some form of berry flavor that's much more popular internationally um, because that I'll have to figure out what it was, what it is exactly. But it's usually the fruit flavor associated with purple in the United Kingdom as opposed to grape, which is what we have here, because that particular berry had been banned in the United States because it also somehow was like dangerous to, I think, fir trees or pine trees. Are those different? And... Uh, and so it was just like, the U.S. was like, nope, we've got to protect our trees so you can keep that flavor over there in the U.K. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, your thoughts. I thought I was here for the beginning of the Mizzou football pregame show. It, so. We are doing nothing but Mizzou football <laughs> from here until kickoff of the Gasparilla Bowl. That is tonight, 530, I That's believe, right. right here on uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, we're not, do- we're not done with Mizzou basketball postgame from last <laughs> exactly. night. There you go. See? I, I really was planning on making you our Mizzou expert today on both of those counts because I asked this question. I asked this question earlier in the show, Matt, and I'm not too I'm not too uh, I'm not too afraid to ask it a second time. Feel free. I'll answer it for the first time. Is Mizzou basketball maybe kinda good? It's a good question. Maybe Mizzou basketball's a little good. It's a good question. I mean the KU loss Certainly raised some questions, but maybe the answer to that is that Kansas is pretty good, too. I wonder if that's not it, if we're not just seeing, hey, KU, KU came down with a smackdown. I was very, very worried early on, and especially after the Kansas game, that, yes, that this was kind of maybe your typical Mizzou team that can beat anybody that's 250 and worse mm-hmm. in the in the ratings. And anybody that's fifty to one, one two fifty, it's going to be a fight. It'll be it'll be a battle. Some some they'll win some, they'll lose some. They'll they'll win. They'll have a good win and an embarrassing loss. And anybody anybody's top fifty, no, it's going to be zero and eight or whatever mm-hmm. it is this year. Illinois is a good win. That's a good and that win. Was, and that was dominating. I mean, yeah, that was never a game. They 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 handled Illinois by a much more uh, controlling measure than KU dealt with Harvard, and and that game never got like. Super duper, and I never was worried on KU's behalf, but like it felt like the whole second half of that game was like a seven point affair. That's the best Mizzou win in quite a while. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, one, they're certainly, I think they're better than they would normally be under a first year head coach because Dennis Gates brought so many guys from Cleveland State with mm-hmm. him. So there is some continuity there. Kobe Brown is a very good player, going to have his moments. They've got some good recruits that can give him some minutes off the bench. There's some elements there. Now, I would expect that once they get in, start getting into SEC play, we will probably see what this team really is. 
Next up's Kentucky. I mean, hey, if this team goes 500 in the SEC, it would be a huge step forward, especially yeah. for a first-year head coach. Yeah, absolutely. It, he, I, I think if if things continue going in that direction, people nationally are going to go. Wait a second, this was his first year there because it's really easy to overlook just a, a sort of bumbling college basketball program from a national level and then check back in a little bit. I was I was surprised to see Tom Crean on my TV yesterday. I was like, wait a second. Is he not coaching somewhere? <laughs> I just assumed he had a job, you know? Exactly. Uh, and so I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Mizzou might be able to get a little a little surprise notoriety. Um, we can we can keep going basketball. We can move to the Gasparilla Bowl, or I can let you know that in 1911, the federal government banned the cultivation, sale, and transport of black currants to protect the white pine. Government programs systematically destroyed black currant plants by chemical spraying. Wow, but it's like a very common uh, flavor in the UK. I have no idea what a black currant tastes like because I should live have, here. We should have done that with the carp. Should have those invasive species that we come in and chemically eviscerated all of the carp. Well, I guess that would have been probably an ethically gray area. Yeah, well, we, nobody thinks it's ethically uh, not nobody. Most people don't think it's an ethically gray area to eat fish. So I mean, was carp? I don't think I really ever considered carp being an invasive species. But well, there's I a specific you. species now that is invasive in many waters of the United States. I'm now Googling in, uh, it's the, invasive carp. It's the Asian carp, yes. The Eurasian carp or European carp, widely known as the common carp, is a widespread freshwater fish of eutropic waters in lakes and large rivers in Europe and Asia. So they're native to Europe and Asia, but now we got them over here? Yeah, and, and, we don't and, need these carp? and they're very, very different from, from the carp that would be found in normal North America. Because North American carp are terrible, terrible fish to eat. Because they're bottom feeders, uh, and they eat just garbage and trash. Mm-hmm. So, as a as 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 someone who fished with his family when they were younger, you got a carp, you threw it back, right? Because you weren't going to eat that. This carp is actually a delicacy in many parts of the world, and they're trying to actually feature it on menus here. And I think they're rebranding it to try and get people to eat it because there's uh, so many of them. Okay. They're like, well, if they're if they're going to invade and take over, we might as well eat these things. Let's try to get some of these and rolled they're up they're actually apparently very tasty. Okay, interesting. Well, they look insane. <laughs> have you oh, seen, they're scary. Yeah, you, no. You, the, their, their eye is at the like where the corners of their mouth hit very low on their face. Have you ever seen a monkfish? Yes. Those are frightening. Yes. Um, did I show you the... Uh, the uh, the monkfish is so funny. Which also that has got. The I'm trying to remember what else is rebranded. Like, yeah, they've also attempted to. Re- I have seen cooking videos cooking monkfish oh, yeah. because they're trying to rebrand those also and get you to eat them. Which go for it, but don't look at a normal one for like a whole one first because it looks like a horror movie villain. Yeah, or it looks a like a, a fish that was broken in development. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, what do you uh, do? You want to talk about? You want to talk about uh, Mizzou football or we Chiefs can, football right now? You know, we can, wh- we actually, got time. One thing I did need to get out of the way first, please, because we've talked about this before. Your your birthday is yes. on the day of Festivus, right? So it completely gets overlooked, and then it's like two days later. There's Christmas, yeah. So I am. I can only imagine that you, as a kid, probably just your birthday was nothing. Nobody came to your parties. <laughs> You didn't. You got your Christmas was your birthday present. See, so if if my mom is still listening, 
I've got a lot of texts today on behalf of it being my birthday and whatnot, so I'm really it's, leaving people. It's Sorry, festivist. Dylan, I forgot so to respond. So it's time for the airing of grievances. Here's, here's We've the got grievance. a lot of problems with you people. Here's, here are the grievances that I would, that I would note on the uh, shortly before Christmas birthday. If my mom hears this, I'm my, I'm, she, may, right, she right now might be having her thumbs going wild on her phone screen to make sure that she steps in to inform everyone that she always made sure that the birthday and Christmas sort of meshing didn't happen because that is absolutely a fear. And based on what I, I've heard about your mom over the years, I completely believe that. Yes. She seems like that kind of person. Yes. She she She's was got a great reputation. She was here is your thank you for saying that also maybe now my mom I've will heard believe nothing but great I, things. Yeah. This but is that's no just from BS talking to here. Mick this though. Is absolutely true. That's just from talking to Mick. So she was always very good at at um you know sectioning all of the the the, the wall, holiday season building out. a wall between those two exactly a firewall and at this point now I I kind of enjoy it because it's already the holiday season there sometimes you'll have I, some of my friends that that moved uh, after uh, high school or college are back in town now to see their family one of my friends' birthday is tomorrow so we're having a little combo kind of birthday uh birthday bash and he and I have been able to share in our childhood trauma on the Christmas adjacent birthdays um, but at this point I I'm it's it's the only birth I've ever known. You know, they never let me try to like switch it to the July. I think that would probably be nice. That definitely would have been nice as a child. Sometimes you need to find that holiday in the what? I mean, post St. Patrick's Day, pre really thanks. I mean, I guess Easter, Thanksgiving, something in there. There are some stretches of the calendar that don't have enough holidays in them. That's probably the ideal spot to have a birthday, but I'm I'm making lemonade, you know. My cousin, his birthday is in early June. And I would imagine that most of his friends think that his birthday is in May because his parents learned early on that if you want anybody to come to his birthday party, it's got to be during the school year because once the school year ends and everybody starts going on vacation and doing Uh everything, nobody can come to the birthday party. Interesting. So he always has his birthday party in May. So yeah, I say I, that he's in his twenties now, so he's not really. They don't, his, his parents don't still throw in birthday parties for the most part, but you know, with the kids coming over for pizza and movies. But I'm going to show you a picture of what I walked into when I got home last night. Did Renee throw you a, a, a birthday party with pizza and movies? That is awesome. These are Pokemon based uh, birthday decorations. That is fantastic. Renee really went hard on this one. I was. Uh, you can see just some of the. This is also. This was also oh. the theme of what I believe I found out in family photos was my fifth birthday. I think was Pokemon themed, and now on uh, twenty eight, Renee has brought it back to the forefront. Oh, my mom was still doing Star Wars birthdays for me into my thirties. I had that's a, awesome. I had in my. Well, I think it was. It would have probably been my twenties. It was when the Battlestar Galactica. Uh, complete series came out. Wow! Because my mom got that for me for my birthday, so I had a Battlestar Galactica themed uh, party. Did you? Did you? In have, my twenties, as you as you should, as you should. And we're talking about the original here. We're not talking about the reboot. We're right. talking about the nineteen seventy nine. Oh, that's incredible. Seventy eight. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it doesn't do anybody any good to have like a. My yeah, come over to my birthday party. The theme is black and red. It's like it's a oh, it's a dark and stormy b- birthday. 
find something you like to celebrate with. That sounds great. There you go. Do, do you have a, uh, a standout? Um, see, I have to make this birthday or Christmas just because I can't remember. But do you have a standout <laughs> birthday or Christmas gift that you that you occasionally think about around around the Christmas season? Go, man, that one right there was that was a home run. I have many, and because my, my my mother was just, I mean, she was a wonderful person, and it was just the two of us because she was a single mom. So I have wonderful memories. Some of surprisingly, some of my best memories though, and are the funniest mm-hmm. because my mom was was famous for two things. One was getting me something for especially Christmas, and then forgetting about it. What? She hides it <laughs> and forgets about it. <laughs> And I remember one year she got me something that I really wanted. And I I wasn't the type to go searching for my presents. Sure. Because I was raised with enough Catholic guilt to know that that was <laughs> not a good idea. But one year I just stumbled upon it. And so I was like, all right, I'm getting this for Christmas. Christmas Day comes. Doesn't show up. It's oh. not there under the tree. And I mean, it was killing me. I mean, because I knew exactly at this point what had happened. Mom got it and for, just forgot it. She just forgot she and had it. And it's just the two of us. So there's nobody I can go to and say, hey, you know, I think mom forgot something. Maybe you could put a, like a little little drop here and reminder that, you know, this happened and everything. And so my only hope at this point was just that she would accidentally stumble upon it or remember. I mean, you didn't, she usually didn't remember it. Usually it was something and usually it was something small. Right. I mean, it would be like she got me, uh, you know, I don't know, a bag of Reese's miniatures or something. Sure. And puts it in the closet, forgets about it, and then, hey, in March, <laughs> here's some Christmas candy. <laughs> but this was killing me. And so it was, it, I managed to make it to like mid-January. And oh, then, my goodness. And so finally, I just went and got it, and I said, um, Mom? That's good. Dude, hey, I just what, what was this? found this. And she's like, oh, I forgot about that. Do you remember what it was? Are you hiding the the details, or are you is the memory hazy? Or uh, it was a video game, but I don't remember the video game. Uh, that's fine. That that it was altered beast. She it was not altered oh, beast, okay. but she was the other thing she was famous for with the presence was was getting me things that required significant setup, and then oh. never getting them set up. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. I got a basketball goal one year, and the basketball goal I think took three years before it went out. <laughs> Um, she one year she got me and this was this was awesome for, because you know for me I was a I was a aspiring baseball player in my day, so she got me this um, this hitting tool this the the you know but the requirement was is that it was like something that it was like a you know it's one of those things you'd probably see on the old videos with Tom Amansky or something and you know now that probably the Tampa Bay Rays use this in their minor league system <laughs> but it was a baseball it was like attached to a stick. And then you set it in concrete in a bucket, and then it was like a bat, you know, a hitting tool, you like know? an so infinite, you could, an infinite batting, batting tee, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you could position the ball where you wanted it to be, and then okay. your swing, you could adjust the ball in my position. So if you need to work on getting some pitches low and inside Ooh. or something, you're high and away. Yeah, sure. You could adjust it and everything, and and this seemed like a great idea. That never got set up. But I was in a box yeah. somewhere yeah. until the until you decided, you know what, these baseball dreams of mine. I, I would I finally got to a point where I would just stick it into the ground. Yeah. But after one swing I'd have to pick it back up and stick it back in the ground again. But they need they need to uh to have like a package deal where they sell you the, the hitting tool and some concrete. Yeah. But if my, my if my mother is in heaven listening to this I, I want her to know that I mean, like I still remember waking up and finding the the, the Death Star playset mm-hmm. under the Christmas tree. That's a, oh, 
Oh my gosh. Oh, what a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, see, I, I was the opposite. I needed to know what I was getting. I, I didn't want there to be any surprise. Oh, really? So, but I was also, you know, too chicken to go digging around the house. Yeah. So I had a little functional but toy tape measure that you could put in your pocket. And a little notebook and a pencil. I love this. And when my mom would go shopping, I would go down the toy aisle and I'd be like, okay, here's the TIE fighter. And I would measure the box and I would write down the dimensions. This is, I did this starting at like age five. Trace. And then and then and then when uh, when they weren't looking, I would measure the presence and I'd be like, okay, okay, there's the TIE fighter. This must be the land speeder, you know, and I, I would, I, I, that, that's how I would figure out. And it ruined all the surprise, except for one year, ni- Christmas 1980, they, I think maybe they figured out what I was doing, because the AT-AT they kept in the closet until it came out there at the very go. end of Christmas, and that was, and that's my favorite. Wow. That's incredible. I've heard some stories of, like, kids trying to figure out what, what it was going to be. I think I like surprises for the most part still. Not not high-risk surprises, you know. I told Renee, like, if hey, like, if we're going to go, like, paintballing or something, I'd like a heads up, you know, so I don't wear my fancy clothes. <laughs> but, like, not knowing what's in the wrapping paper to me has always been fun. Regardless, I have never heard anything quite like anything you just said. I was going to repeat the craziest parts of that, Drake, and then I realized, well, I would just retell the story, so that's just filling time. I don't... I don't need to say all that again because hopefully everyone heard it and I hope that no one went into a ditch based off of that. Starting at age five. That's that's pretty baller. That is that is the most creative solution to the Christmas anxiety of not knowing what presents are under the tree that I have ever heard. And oddly enough, when I started this story um hour and a half ago. Believe it or not, the, we're not the whole, that far into the second. The whole idea was because, you know, last year, if you remember, I brought you a lemon cream cheesecake. I absolutely remember this. For your birthday and Festivus. It's fantastic. You know, because at that point you were just celebrating still being alive. That was it was a double celebration. And, it had very few grievances. And and it was a diabetic friendly recipe that yes. I made myself. It was beautiful. And everything. It was beautiful. It was a wonderful gift. And this year, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was at a store. I unfortunately don't remember the store. Okay. But they had um, organic Reese's peanut butter cup. Hmm. And I thought, well, this sounds like something that Josh and I need to try. It does. So I'm like, his birthday's coming up. It is. I need to come back and get some of these, and we'll try them on air and everything, because we're both people of Reese's. Uh, we, absolutely, we are. And um, there was a problem. I forgot where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, like, checked everywhere i've been in the last two weeks trying to remember where this was and have not been able to find their organic reese's organic reese i've never even i didn't know that was a thing exactly i didn't know that was a thing so i finally just got to myself all right the next thing i see of a reese's that i see that i've have never had before i'm going to share with josh because it's beautiful even though you know you may have already had this. I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, I don't man. Know. Oh, he's, got, he's pulling out. something out of his pocket right now. Out. That's right. It is the what? Reese's Peanut Butter Cream Holiday Lights. Wow. This is beautiful. Yeah. And I, had, I bought a box for myself, too, just because. The know. whole box is mine? The whole box is I get is all yours. four of the you four You get all pack? four. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Matt. I've never, had, I've never had this before. I don't know. I am a big fan of, of Reese's Cups 
that are not in the traditional form. I love I love an alternative one. I've never seen oh, this. The trees, though. the pumpkins, the the Easter eggs, those are all fantastic. Never the, the ratio of, of peanut butter. It's perfect. The chocolate is just it's magical. Matt, this is beautiful. Thank you for this gift. Here's because my suggestion. You've got to give that insulin something to do. I've got I've got to give it I don't I don't take and all this insulin what? for no reason. I mean, we're we are we're we're just like Andy Reid and Frank Clark. <laughs> We're brothers. <laughs> you may be type one. I may be type two. But we're brothers. We're 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 Bedic brothers. Uh, I've I've been arrested on illegal gun uh, charges twice now. This one just one off season. You and I, Frank both Clark, Andy Reid, broken windows. Broken windows. We both have experience with possums. We have uh, that. Matt was telling me uh, during the uh, the break before this first segment a very a very good story that ends that involves a lot of our beloved trash animals. I don't know if you want to retell that or not. Uh, but I enjoyed it enough that it's really fitting the theme of the day. So we got that. Uh, We've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know, start, you know, cranking this insulin here. We don't have kids either. We have, we have, we have, cat, we've had cats. We have got Izzy right now, and yeah. Izzy. I imagine I'm having knowing what I know about Scout. I bet there's a chance Izzy outweighs Scout. It would not surprise me. Scout. I will say this: Scout is a is a is a sturdy dog. <laughs> <laughs> she is dense, but she's not very large. She's not thick. She's well. Or is she thick? She. I think she's a little thick, but she's, she's a little thick. She's yeah. not. She's not big. So I, I like to imagine that Scout and Izzy would get along great. Izzy, I, I think, down to fifteen pounds now. She's getting a little bit older, so she's trimming down a little bit. But. Scout, I think, last weighed in right around fifteen pounds. Izzy, I think she topped out probably around upper sixteen. She might have hit seventeen at some point. Wow. How does Izzy feel about possums? Um, she loves to watch them on YouTube videos. Okay, interesting. Never, I don't, I don't know. We have a possum that that hangs around around our house. I don't know if she's ever seen it before. Okay, but Scout and and the possums very very quickly because they you know both they all poop outside the possums cages out there while they are you know getting uh, thickened up for the for the spring. Um, no fear from the possums towards Scout. More fear from Scout towards the possums, I think, because that's the kind of dog that she is, and the possums are just chilling. It, it's a, it's a heck of a deal. Here's my suggestion, Matt. Here's what I think we ought to do. What you got? I think we take this commercial break. I take this insulin. We come back, talk some some Chief Seahawks, and then in the last segment of the hour, break out the Reese's. We break out the Reese's holiday lights. Because that'll give my my uh, artificial pancreas a chance to prepare for what's about to happen to it, and it'll give us a chance to talk about the football game happening tomorrow. I I just think it's adorable that when Jason's not here, you go to commercial. More commercials, more possums. That's sort of the trade-off. Yeah, Jason Anderson's out. Beers McFly is out. Joshua Briscoe here with the Drake. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest with us. We'll continue talking to Matt whenever we come back. I thought that's where the vocals were coming in for sure, and I realized there's a whole other... We got a lot more guitar riff here. <gasps> Welcome back into the zone. Timed that just horribly. <laughs> I either need to jump in like four measures sooner or a couple later. I like this one though. Um, for the podcast listeners, that was uh, "Hey, it's your birthday." Just sort of feel like I had to mention. I, I noticed editing the podcast yesterday. There was a, I can't remember what it was. It was a let it. I think you're playing "Let It Snow," Drake. Joshua Briscoe here. Uh, the Drake on the other side of the glass. Matt Derek, Chiefs Digest in studio. 
with us today. Um, you're playing Let It Snow, and Jason's like intro coming back from it. Oh, it sure is doing that. You're listening to the zone here, whatever. And I was like, oh, that I realize if you don't have that context, it just sounds like Jason just said something, comp- just some total non sequitur. Um, so it was just like listening live, right? That's the <laughs> thing. Is like, I mean, jo- uh, Jason, I love you. I I am I am not the one to uh, to throw barbs over non sequiturs, but. It was just, uh, it was a, a funny one. I'm going to ask you about Chiefs uh, Seahawks in a moment, Matt. I swear, everybody. But I, I went to open the box of Reese's uh, holiday lights that, that you brought in for our taste test at the end of the hour. And I did look at the back because I got to see how many carbs are in things. I can eat whatever. I just needed to check how much the carb They They really basically. do some games, by the way, with the uh, the serving size on this one. They sure do. What I, I saw on the front, four pack. I looked on the back, four servings per container. Yeah, right. And then it says serving size is one package. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that's There's con- four servings per container, huh. but a serving size is one package. That's that's some nasty games right there. I don't yeah. love that. That they're they're they are trying to confuse those are of us that need it. Individually packaged inside the box. They are, they are indeed. And when I opened it, I was surprised by what I found. This thing is. Three dimensional and an absolute unit. Yeah, it is. Of Reese's peanut butter cup. That reminds me of DK Metcalf without a shirt. <laughs> what a stud! <laughs> Hearing Steve Spagnuolo, we, we'll uh, we'll try these later. And talk Matt, about things we'll, out of context. We'll, non sequiturs. Uh, no, that one. That one is always any a random Spagsism is always in context for me. Um, Hearing Spags basically tell that story, and I'll give everybody a quick preview that it. Um, I've personally made sure it'll show up in the cuts at the end of the show today. Hearing Steve Spagnuolo talk about the process of Googling DK Metcalf for some pictures for his meetings, because sometimes he gets on the internet and uh, and then finding a picture of DK without his shirt on. Look it. And, uh, and wow, what a stud. My God, was just just such a beautiful moment. Just listening to it down the line, I, I can't imagine what it was like uh, to be there for that in person. It was it was pretty magical. I mean, it definitely it definitely made me want to learn more about Steve Spagnuolo's internet searches. <laughs> whenever whenever someone says the phrase, sometimes I get on the internet, I immediately know something about that person because I never get off the internet. Like I am just perpetually reachable slash online, and I assume Spags is not that way because he doesn't need to be, and that's probably a healthier way to live. But uh, yeah, I would. I would like to know. I'd like for Spag to just hand us his his search history at some point. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I mean, DK Metcalf shirtless does come up at least on the first page, but you have to scroll a little bit. Mm, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't think of of Steve as being a big scroller. So. I wouldn't think he would get to the third page of Google. Yeah, you know, so. that's a good point. Hmm. Well, I'll let you get to the bottom of that on ChiefsDigest.com. The tell-all uh, expose of that I eagerly await. Uh, much like I've been awaiting this game on Saturday, Matt. DK Metcalf will presumably have his shirt on. Probably not in warm-ups. I bet, I bet that he lets, uh, I, I bet he lets the, uh, the elements meet him pregame, and then he will be bringing the elements over the course of the game. Um, what, are you, what are you assuming that the Chiefs are going to do here? Because I, I think the fair money would be on... The Chiefs are going to kind of set up their defense and let the Seahawks bring what they want to those matchups. But we've, I was talking about the corners in the, the first hour once we stopped talking about possums. And uh, the, the matchups here and, and how the defense is just sort of being discussed right now is, is all very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to at this point about NFL coaches 
blowing a smoke about how they're going to approach guys. So when when Steve Spagnuolo does that mm-hmm. and is like, yeah, there's man, this guy with his shirt off is scary. <laughs> I mean, gosh, you probably have to double team that guy. <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel like, oh yeah, you know what? I, this is the game. Legere Steve's going to travel. We'll just put him on him, stick him on there. Don't worry about it. Right. And just go after everybody else. And if DKMF beat you, he beat you. Uh, you just challenge him. I mean, could be wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe Steve Spagnuolo told the game plan, right. and they're going to come out and double. But I would imagine that. I mean, that's the one weapon you have to worry about. Yep. With the Seahawks, no Tyler Lockett. There's nobody else you have to worry about. Yep. I mean, I'm not worried about their tight end. I'm not really worried about the run game either, frankly. I mean, Metcalf's the guy. So why would you, to a degree? I mean, I think you can make the argument. Why would you, uh, you know, put your least experienced players on DK Metcalf. So, I mean, if this if there was any week that Legereus Sneed was going to travel, this would be the week for me. I'd just say, Legereus, go find DK and just follow him around all day. Is, mean, I, 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 they haven't done it yet, so right. I'm not convinced they will, but this would be the time to do it. And it seems like there might be some value in the just figuring out if that's something you can do, like, well as a defense. The Bengals are a weird example because they're not as one-dimensional as a locketless Seahawks team will be, but if, if you're trying to figure out what to do with Jamar Chase and nothing you've tried has really worked, I mean, it, 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 there have been degrees to that, but you say, hey, well, maybe we see if, if Legereus Sneed just trying to stay in his pocket the entire game, if that's something we could have to sort of mix things up. Because I, I, of the criticisms of Spags that I think are largely inflated, perhaps, because it's easier to fire a defensive coordinator than to replace an entire roster or whatever, I, I do think that maybe having a little more flexibility in what you're able to do as a defense might be kind of nice. I also know that he's trying to keep things kind of siloed for the young guys. So I don't I'm just not sure where where the uh where the defense is at right now from sort of a, a schematic strategic standpoint. I mean, it's a good question because I mean, I think that the one overall arching thing that Steve Spagnuolo believes in is simply not putting players into uncomfortable positions that they don't mm. want to be in. Mm. I mean, he's not going to ask somebody to travel. But when a Traveris Ward comes to him and says, hey, I want to travel, I want to go up against the best one, he lets him do it. And what happens? He gets a big free agent contract. Yeah. So I've been under philosophy of long. If, if LeJarius Snee doesn't do it this year, then during the offseason he needs to go to the Chiefs and just say, hey, I want to travel this year. I want, yeah. I want to go up against the best because that's how you get big deals. Yeah. That's how you make Pro Bowls. You know, I mean, he needs that. I mean, going into a you know, potential you know, free agent near you next year, that's what yeah. I would want to do. Traverse Ward did that, and it worked out very well for him. Um, but I think it could be best for the Chiefs at this point, because let's face it, we have now seen what teams are doing. They, are, they have enough film on these Chiefs rookies to know what their strengths and their weaknesses are, and what are they doing? They are attacking Josh Williams hard. And no, I mean, that's not a knock on Josh Williams. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the kid's balling. I think he's doing his best. It's just that, you know, they, re- they, they feel like that's the weakest point of the Chiefs defense. And I, I mean, one, I don't think it's very weak. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been playing pretty well. On a third cornerback scale? On a third cornerback scale with the level of targets he's getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's been well above average. So I've got no complaints there. And I think the kid's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, and and Jalen Watson would probably be getting more reps if that hand wasn't so banged mm-hmm. up. I mean, that's that's I think probably there was already kind of the switch going in there, but Williams is probably playing more just because of that 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 Jalen Watson injury right now. But I mean, I, I hey, I I, tr- I trust Trent McDuffie 
on DK Metcalf. So maybe, hey, maybe you just try to find a way to protect Williams a little bit. Yeah. But, I, and, and, or like I said, you maybe you, you just shade, you know, some brackets towards Williams' side of the field, regardless of whom he's on, just to give him a little bit more help. But, I mean, like I said, it's to me, it's very rare for an NFL coach to just come out and tell you their strategy. So yeah. when, when Spag says that, I automatically think, okay, that's what you're not doing. Right. So what makes sense for you to do? Right. Uh, this I, I saw this uh, yesterday. I think I mentioned it in the, the earlier in the show too. But the uh, my raw PFF separation grade. Some other context in all of this would be useful, but I, I think this is as a standalone is, is pretty interesting. Data from PFF. The uh, graphic you can see on Twitter at throw the damn ball. D A M. Just so everyone's aware. So in 2022, this is this is the top 15 cornerbacks by raw separation grade in football. Number one is Sauce Gardner. So far, so good. Number two is Trent McDuffie. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Trevarius Ward, just as another chicken, he's at number five. Darius Slay is down here at like seven or eight. Joshua Williams is at 11. Patrick Sertan is 13. You know, just like in the, the scope here. The Chiefs have rookies at two and 11. I think it... It is an, a very interesting data point for Williams in particular, though, because it looks like he's there yeah. a lot. And this tracks on the in the film, too, right? Just yeah, watching the, I, the game. The eye test. The eye that test too. Yeah. Is he's there, and then the pass still gets completed? This is, I guess, obvious. I would much rather have that than the inverse. I believe a lot more in developing your ability to attack the football at, at a higher level of football than you've ever been anywhere near before. I feel a lot better about developing that than I do figuring out if you, if you can somehow stick to NFL receivers. He's actually been able to do that at a, yeah. at a pretty high level. And, I mean, for him, I mean, I think a big part of it is just simply remember he has not been going up against this level of talent receivers for the most part in the past. So, one, the fact that he's able to keep up with them is pretty impressive. Two, he's going to learn more about how to get the ball, how to make plays. Yes. I mean, that's going to come. So... That's why, I mean, I still feel like there's a lot of upside, and I don't feel like he's been playing badly. I think the numbers support that. I mean, even though, like we said, he's been picked on, he's been picked on just because McDuffie and Snead have been so good that teams don't feel like they can go anywhere else. That's where they have to go. That's their best chance. But at the same time, it's not like he's been lit up. No, right. I mean, we've seen guys get torched, and Josh Williams is not getting torched like that. And he was at Fayetteville State an hour and a half ago. (laughs) I mean, that is... Already impressive. So I, I continue to be pretty bullish on the, the young corners. Um, I I need another check-in from you on... I'm saving most of the uh, kicky leak stuff for when Kendall gets here. So um, I need another heat check on the pressure side of things. Because a lot of Chiefs conversations this week have been sparked on Twitter. And Colin Saunders was ill and had some time to, to be on the app this week. And frankly... I don't think that most of what he was saying was like deeply unreasonable or delusional no. or anything. I understand how fr- I don't I can't say I understand. I can imagine how frustrating it would be to be a player for the Kansas City Chiefs to win two football games over the course of two weeks and to see ninety percent negativity on your timeline about your effort and your team's effort after two victories. I imagine that is deeply frustrating. I also think the Chiefs are not going to win the Super Bowl without a more um, consistent threat from defense, the defensive end position. Could be from someone on the roster, but that is just a part of the, the game that I think they need more of still. So when you see 
Colin Saunders tweeting out, you know, sack numbers and everything. As his playing time's increased, because Tershawn Wharton got hurt earlier this year. Don't really talk about him much anymore. He was a big part of that interior, at least. But when you when you look at the pass rush as a big-picture thing, the edge group, Colin Saunders' view on it and where I'm standing right now in terms of what they still need, does, is that still something that you're hanging your hat on or shining a light on in terms of this needs to get figured out soon? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it, it comes down to what you've said, which is that the one thing that the Chiefs are really lacking on defense is production. Yeah, I mean, they just need more of almost everything. And more pass rush, a more effective pass rush, more production up front would honestly take care of what I think are the three biggest deficiencies in this defense right now. Because the And it all, to me, fits under the overarching umbrella of get off the field. Yeah, They need to get off the field in the red zone and force more field goals which we talked about last week ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to get some turnovers, and they need to get stops on third down. And how do you do all three of those things? For the most part, you get after the quarterback. And, you know, and I, I thought Saran had a good point this week about, you know, the, the Chiefs have been getting a lot of, you know, production from the inside. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones has been having a lot of pressures. Chris Jones has a lot of sacks. Chris Jones has given good opportunities to the guys around him. Do our interior pressures most likely to create and put the football on the ground against the quarterback as much of an edge rush? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, And a lot of the Chiefs' production to me on the outside has been from effort. It's yeah. not you know getting the quarterback down in three and a half seconds. It's more like six or seven seconds. They're just, they're just relentless. And, hey, Frank Clark is relentless. George Karloftis is furious George for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have that skill, so they're going to get some. But to me, I mean, and you hit it. I mean, you know, how, how are the Chiefs going to win playoff games? How are they going to win a Super Bowl? They're going to win a Super Bowl by like going like plus six turnovers in the postseason. Right. And how do you do that? You do it by going after the quarterback. You force him to drop the ball. You force him to make bad, bad passes, and you do that with a pass rush, and you do that from the outside. I'm hopeful that I guess maybe George Karloftis can can still have room. Certainly has room to grow in his career the rest Absolutely. of this season. I the think he's getting veterans. better and better each week. So maybe there's some hope there. And certainly it'll give us lots to talk about. But although the Chiefs haven't lacked in that department for years now. We'll continue that conversation and uh, also eat some Reese's Cups with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest coming up next. You're in the zone. I don't know if you were listening earlier, Matt. I wouldn't suggest it. But did you see the huge NFL signing last night? I guess I did not. I might not have just described it in a completely fair way because... Did, did Carl Cheffer sign up for 15 more years? No, but he signed Chris Jones up for 15 more yards, so that could that could sleep through at any given point. No, Breland Speaks has signed with the Michigan Panthers of the USFL. Well, good for him. Good for... I have... I, I don't want... To make Breland speaks a punchline, he seemed like a very nice guy. Sure, when he was out, we were up there at training camp and everything. Didn't work out. Breland speaks, USFL Michigan Panther. There you go. Probably better than being a Carolina keep, Panther. Keep grinding. You just keep grinding, and eventually, it's got to have Brett Beach's phone number. They loved each other once, you know. Bring him home. I've been tweeting out the. I've been, I've been, I've been tweeting that out every time that a former Royal is getting DFA'd, which uh, has happened more than once in the last 24 hours with Hosmer and Mustakas. I'm just on the nostalgia tour for them now, and it once again forces me to bring up the the notion that 
You know, when Breland Speaks was here, he played a lot like he'd been stabbed in the abdomen and was living on <laughs> potatoes that he grew at his own poop. Bless his heart. <laughs> I've not actually seen the film. What? <laughs> no, I never saw it. You know how I know much, all the context clues. You know how much That's... this country has spent bringing Matt Damon home. So much money spent on bringing specifically Matt so Damon many, home. So many, many lives and money spent on bringing Matt Damon home. Did he have help, like figuring? Did he? Was he connected to Houston or something th when he was on Mars, or was he totally freewheeling it? Eventually, he was. Okay. But for an extended period of time, he was. He was. He was on his own. I don't know. They thought he was dead. I don't know that just, I, I just would, gave uh, spoilers. So, uh, this, uh, this movie's been out for a minute. The book's been out for longer, <laughs> and I haven't seen or read either of them. You should read the movie. That's just turning the captions on. It's basically what that is. I don't know how long I would have to be stranded on my own, on, uh, left to my own devices before I would think, what if I put my poop over here and grow potatoes out of it? Oh, I mean, if I were him, I would have just died from the abdomen wound and <laughs> not made it. So. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what you can't grow on Mars also? Insulin. Actually, so, I, I, there's part of me that says it may have been his thigh. I think it was his abdomen. but I, I've never, I haven't fact-checked uh, fact at any point because I haven't seen it. But as, as you have almost certainly picked up at this point, I've gotten pretty good at just rolling with the punches of movie references that I don't totally understand, but seem like movie references. I was pretty impressed that you knew that was the Beatles' happy birthday song there. It's my favorite happy birthday song. There you go. Uh, do you want to uh, eat these Reese's Holiday Lights before Kendall Gammon gets here? We should, absolutely. I, I'm uh, up for this. I took this insulin about 40 minutes ago, so it's probably 30 minutes ago. That's all right. We got, a, we got time. Drake, you, uh, did you get one of these? You've got yours here? I, I want to get a, uh, a live review. So this is um, Matt Derrick, Found in the Wild, both Matt and these. The Reese's Holiday Lights peanut butter cup. They're not really even cups. They're more like a, they're like the shape of a Cadbury egg, shape and size-wise. But my only issue with the Cadbury egg is that it wasn't filled with uh, with peanut butter. Yeah. So this feels like a, a real achievement. Are you? Uh, Matt's unwrapping his. I'm unwrapping mine. Jake's unwrapping incredibly his. Incredibly slow speed. Yeah, it's okay. There's no there's no rush. It's not like we have to take a break here in a couple. It's kind of, of a difficult yeah. chomp because it wants to slide out in between your teeth because of the. Uh, you want you want to cheers. Slope. But it's delicious. That was a nice little little clomp there. Oh wow. Hmm. Those mother bleepers at Reese's did it again. Yeah. They did it again. They've, they've never not done it. That is rich. It is large. And it's a it's probably ideally three bites, but functionally might need to be a two-biter. But it would leave you with a huge second bite. But the thickness of the chocolate, the amount of peanut butter in there. Yeah, the peanut butter in there is nice. That is a nice, and, it, and it's a good consistency. This might... It's a little bit creamier, I think, than the typical... Maybe I'm crazy. I'm not sure you're crazy. I think you might not be crazy. I want to eat the rest of it and finish my review, but I, if I do that, that will basically be the end of the hour. And theoretically, I should say <laughs> something into this microphone while the rest of while everyone else is chewing. That might be a that might be a quick uh, challenger to the metal stand on the Reese's throne, Matt. That's a that is a new achievement. I'm not gonna lie, the um, the sugar amount is a lot. It is a sweet one. 
It is sweet. But I'm not, I don't, I eat some like dark chocolate chips just as snacks sometimes now because you can eat quite a few cho- dark chocolate chips before you realize that you've, you know. I'm going to emphasize the fact that I'm getting some iron and potassium that I badly need. Yeah, that's exactly right. Peanut butter's good for you. That's a good fat, yeah. right? We're going to go with that. I think that's all valid. This is wonderful. This is very low in cholesterol, by the way. See, it's basically a health food. Yeah. Do you think Jason's going to listen to any of the show today? Do you think he'll text us if he does? I mean, if he hasn't texted already. I, I actually really haven't checked because of the... Uh, I mean, he might be just waiting for uh, Kiki Leaks to so start. Far, no. That's true. That's true, because that is that is where we're going to make some headlines. We're, we're Right now, we're eating chocolate, we're talking about Christmas, we're having a good time, and then eventually Kendall Gammon will come in and, I, I imagine, light the special teams world on fire because he is the next foremost expert on all of these things. So we'll, we'll have Kendall in here in a little bit. Um, I don't have to make you do your prediction right now at the end of this hour because you're not going anywhere, Matt. So in there the meantime, give me, give me something else that you're looking for right now on the... Uh, let's go to the other side of the football. We, we haven't talked about the Chiefs' offense very much. I, I don't think the Seahawks' run D is very good. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to run the uh, you know 80 carries to Isaiah Pacheco type of day. Probably not. What should, what should we be looking for there? Business as usual. I mean, I'm expecting, uh, I mean, I don't think the Chiefs have to do very much. I don't think they have to, to be, uh, last week I thought it was a very vanilla game plan against the Texans. I'd expect the same thing because I don't need, think they need a whole lot. I mean, go out and play efficient football, and that's all you need to do against the Seahawks. Is that, is that something you can do as an offense to say, hey, we're just going to kind of run this vanilla game out here and, and just try to make it happen and save the good stuff for the playoffs? They did with Patrick Mahomes last week. Yeah, I mean that was a efficient performance. And frankly, if if Isaiah Pacheco doesn't make a, I'll put that fumble on him. I'll put that. I, I do put that fumble on Pacheco. I think that was that was uh, that was fairly on him. He doesn't turn that football over. Mm. Chiefs win that game easy. Yeah, I mean right. they were one play away from walking away with that one. It was Andy Reid said it was like an eye level thing. I mean, he had both hands on the ball, so I'm just he was I'm just curious. too upright. Yeah, he was just he was too vertical and and that's and that's a tendency of his be too upright. Yeah, that makes again. And this this is kind of the funny thing about when we're poking at the issues with the Chiefs. Some of the issues are just like, oh, this rookie did a rookie thing. Exactly. And if they don't, they oh, don't keep doing rookie things. This team might be okay still. I also realized we should at some point have a real conversation about the wide receivers and just like the snap counts. They've been rolling through recently. Justin Watson is playing a lot of football. And Sky Moore is not playing that much football. You have 10 seconds of wisdom for us? Trust the veterans. That's what that's what Andy Reid does. Justin Watson just got here. I know he's a veteran. Kind he's a veteran. of, sort of. He's a veteran. It's it's a, a strange group. The good news is we got more Matt Derrick on this out of the break. The more good news is Kendall Gammon's here. I've already seen him in the building. That's great news. The best news here, no beard still. Sorry, beards. Drake's on the other side of the glass. I'm Joshua Briscoe. More Zone next. You're in the zone.